Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Brandy, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Acumen Inc.'s 2021 first quarter results research analyst call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. Thank you. Mr. Zine, you may begin your conference. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Acumen's results call for the first quarter of 2021. My name is Matt Cameron. I'm a senior vice president and the general counsel of Acumen. Joining me on the call today are Riyadh Zine, our president and chief executive officer, and Mohammed Salim, our chief financial officer. A slide presentation is meant to accompany today's presentation, and a copy of the presentation is available on the investor section of our website at acumen.com. Before we begin, let me remind you that certain matters discussed in today's conference call or answers that may be given to the questions asked could constitute forward-looking statements that are subject to risks and uncertainties relating to Acumen's future financial and business performance. Actual results could differ materially from those anticipated in these forward-looking statements. You should not place undue reliance on these statements, particularly on future financial performance. The risk factors that may affect results in these forward-looking statements are detailed in our periodic results and public disclosure. These documents can be accessed under our public disclosure at cdar.com and sec.gov. Acumen is under no obligation to update any forward-looking statements discussed today, and investors are cautioned not to place undue reliance on those statements. We may also refer to certain non-GAAP measures, including during this conference calls such as EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA margin, and adjusted net income or loss attributable to shareholders of Acumen. Our definitions for these terms are included in our public disclosure. Our use of these non-GAAP measures is intended to complement the GAAP measures by providing additional information and further understanding of the results of our operations. With that, I'll turn things over to our CEO, Riyadh Zine. Thank you, Matt, and good morning, everyone. Our financial report begins on slide three. As you will recall, we now report our financial results in U.S. GAAP. Q1 was in line with our expectations and was consistent with the guidance we released with our annual fiscal 2020 results. Q1 is typically somewhat affected by seasonality. And on top of the usual seasonal impact, this year, our operations in Texas were impacted by the severe winter storm. Still, our view volume was similar to Q1 2020 with over 1.5 million RVUs. You will recall Q1 2020 was only marginally impacted by COVID with volume affected only in the month, in the month of March 2020. We believe volume has largely returned to pre-pandemic levels in the aggregate. As you can see in our summary slide, we generated revenue of 67 million for the quarter and adjusted EBITDA 
of approximately 14 million. Turning to slide four for Vaughan. Notwithstanding the impact of the severe winter storm and its significant impact on our operations in Texas, volumes have returned to pre-pandemic levels. Were it not for the impact of the storm, aggregate volume during the quarter would have seen a return to organic growth on the same center basis. As a result, management believes we are on track to meet our volume guidance for fiscal 2021. Revenue is shown on slide five. During the quarter, we generated service fee revenue of $44 per RVU, consistent with what we saw in fiscal 2020, which averaged $43 per RVU and also formed the basis for our 2021 guidance. Moving to slide six. This slide shows our revenue mix, which was also broadly in line and the same as it was for the fiscal year 2020. Our attorney business continue to represent about 10% of our service fee revenue, but makes up more than 44% of our AR. As I've talked about it before, we classify attorney as a separate payer category, given its longer payment cycles, which are often contingent on court processes and victim settlements. These longer payment cycles result in attorney AR making up a disproportionate percentage of our total account receivables. I would now pass it over to Mohammed Salim, our Chief Financial Officer, to discuss our EBITDA and leverage profile. Thank you, Riyadh. Good morning, everyone. On slide seven, you will see our adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was approximately 14 million, and the adjusted EBITDA margin was about 21%. This margin in Q1 of 2021 was consistent with that for the year 2020. The quarter was in line with management expectations, uh, despite the impact of severe winter storms in Texas, and management continues to be comfortable with the 2021 guidance we previously provided. Moving on to slide eight, you will see our leverage profile information here. With respect to leverage, the total debt reported in our financial statements at March 31st was approximately 483 million, including finance leases, and net debt was 361 million. Using the low end of the guidance range in our March 31st press release, we assume a run rate adjusted EBITDA for the business of about 65 million, which implies performa net leverage ratio of about 5.5 as at March 31st. We expect our future leverage ratios will benefit from improving volumes, uh, savings from our new service delivery platform, and other strategic business initiatives, as well as tuck-in acquisitions. At March 31st, our accounts receivable was 95.9 million versus 91.1 million at December 31st. This increase in accounts receivable 
is mainly due to the increase in attorney accounts receivable given its longer collection cycle. The cash balance at March 31st was 122.7 million versus 44 million at December 31st. The increase is mainly due to the cash received as part of the 75 million senior notes issuance in February 2021, partly offset by the related transaction costs and a $4.6 million equity investment in the artificial intelligence business in March 2021. The cash balance also reflects uh, recent improvements in business volume and ongoing expense management by the company. I will pass it back to Riyadh. Thank you. Thank you, Mohammed. On slide nine, we've highlighted few of the events that occurred during the quarter. In early February, as alluded to earlier, we completed an add-on offering to our bond for 75 million. Part of the proceeds were applied for our acquisitions in Florida on May 1st, and the balance is expected to be applied to future acquisitions. We also completed a successful equity investment in an AI technology company, which we expect will supply an integral part of our ERP platform modernization. Our investment of 4.6 million, together with the conversion of an earlier debt investment, has resulted in us owning a 34.5% uh, interest in the business. Moving to the final slide, we've highlighted a couple of events that we've announced since the end of the quarter. As I already mentioned, we closed two Takin acquisitions in Florida on May 1st. One acquisition for six clinics for 39 million, where 10% of the purchase price was paid in Acumen shares for $4 per share. With these Florida transactions, we have returned to our acquisition growth strategy, where we expect to continue to execute on a very strong pipeline of opportunities. In only six years, we have grown from our original 13 centers to now 134 centers, a tenfold increase. And we have evolved into a leading healthcare service provider. We are also really excited about our new initiative of launching a dedicated men's health service offering. We expect to convert a number of locations to this new model. With prostate care at the core of men's health service offering, we are also thrilled to be working with Profound Medical to deploy their Tulsa Pro technology for customizable incision-free prostate MRI-guided therapies. I would like to take the opportunity to thank all of our employees, radiologists, and partners for all of their efforts in making this quarter a success. This concludes our prepared remarks, and I would ask the operator to start the question and answer period. At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Again, that is star, then the number one. We'll pause for just a moment to come out the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Noel Atkinson with Clearest Securities. 
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Good morning. Uh, well done in Q1, and thanks for taking our questions this morning. Uh, first off, uh, just on uh, the acquisitions of conventional imaging centers, so you folks announced 18 centers that were under LOI earlier this year. You've done six at least so far, and you did a little tuck-in uh, of one. Uh, what's the status of working towards completion of the rest of those acquisitions? So we, we expect, uh, first of all, good morning, Noel, and, and as usual, thank you for your interest and for your questions. Um, we expect to uh, uh, complete uh, the 12, the additional, uh, sorry, the additional centers to get up to the 18 centers we already announced uh, before uh, the end of the, the, the second quarter or shortly afterwards. Uh, so we, we expect we have made significant progress and we're very few weeks, we're a few weeks away from, from closing those additional uh, centers that were previously announced. Okay, great. Um, and in relation to the, the as you just said, the, the recent announcement about shifting to, um, you know, adding uh, imaging, image-guided uh, prostate procedures, men's health clinics, are you looking to add any other services, or are these going to be primarily prostate-oriented? Um, we, we, we are planning of adding more uh, uh, more focus on other men's um, uh, MRI-guided uh, uh, needs. Uh, uh, from a therapy perspective, uh, prostate will be uh, the focus and will be at the heart of the of this men's service offering. Um, but but the uh, the concept is uh, they they will be some other value-add services uh, that are MRI-guided from the from the perspective of uh, uh, of imaging. Uh, of a concierge type of offering and of really kind of monitoring um, uh, uh, your your health uh, and especially whether there is a family history or 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 or, or if you're, you're above a certain age so I really we, we what we want to do is we want to make these uh, these men's health clinics uh, a, a destination for uh, uh, for really kind of you know taking care of your health and and, and monitoring your health uh, as a man, and, and I think we all know what the, the main issues are, and prostate is obviously at the core at the core of that, as as uh, as uh, most men age. Okay, cool. Um, what would be the typical cost to retro? Do you think to retrofit one of these men's health imaging centers out of the at, at the outset? Yeah. So the good the good news is um, uh, we obviously have already, and that's that's the uh, that's a benefit of uh, the 
the uh, the acquisition growth strategy we had. So we do have uh, uh, opportunities to optimize our network. So we did end up with uh, uh, with uh, 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 more representation um, in uh, in certain markets uh, from a density perspective, which opens up the door when locations are close by and great locations to actually open it up uh, to do other offerings and. Um, so the service here, it, it's really, uh, these will be MRI only clinics. Um, so you don't really require a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of space to start with. And, and, um, I think we believe we looked at it other than, other than, uh, putting aside the equipment and the equipment, uh, we could be very creative here because, uh, there is the opportunity for, uh, pay as you go type of model in terms of, uh, uh these treatment procedures and even other uh, uh, other procedures we're thinking about as well as part of the full service offering. So to put that into context, because I think you need to understand what this clinic is. So this is a smaller footprint, MRI, MRI only, pay as you go. So really the capex, uh, 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 we believe it's going to be mostly around the remodeling of the clinic, which typically, uh, depending on what you need to get done, it's going to be in anywhere in the half, anywhere between the half million and the million range, depending on the uh, uh, what we need to do to bring the uh, uh, to bring the clinic to the to the to the new standard established for these men's health clinics. Okay, great. And just the last one before I get back into queue. Um, so you, you mentioned that forty percent of your outstanding uh, AR is the attorney channel. Um, are you, have you been seeing any improvement in collections as you know this post-COVID recovery has happened in the U.S.? And then, what can you do to accelerate the collection of some of these long-dated receivables? Um, so there are two parts of that question. Uh, 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 the first one is: Have we seen uh, have we seen uh, improvement in, in collections in the in the first quarter relative to 2020? Uh, yes, and we did see. We did see that improvement as a result of really two things, not just uh, not just COVID. COVID was the icing on the cake for us. Uh, uh, the 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 real the real uh, uh, driver for us uh, was the integration of all all these acquisitions that we made over the last uh, six years, as as I as I mentioned earlier. I mean, growing people always forget, like you know, they look at the numbers and they expect. Uh, a company with 135 centers to have uh, a, a, a more uh, a steady and 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 uh, uh, AR. Uh, I mean that that is the case when you've owned them for at least 12 or 24 months. But when you actually have owned them on different platforms and you spend all of 2020 integrating them on the same platform, 2020 has been severely impacted by that exercise. And then it wasn't helped by the COVID, which added more disruption to, to staffing and disruption to, to even uh, 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 collection to start with. So that is behind us. And we start to see improvements that we're very pleased with and at the beginning of 2021 uh, from, that pers- from, from, from that perspective. Now, the second part of your cl- question is what could we do with the attorney side of the business and the long-dated uh, payment um, nature or payment cycle of of that of of, of that business. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we continue to make significant progress towards uh, financing those receivables, um, uh, and 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 uh, we believe uh, over the next couple of uh, months we uh, we we will be, we will execute on that financing uh, plan. 
which will uh, will make our financial statements uh, uh, when when you look at them from the outside, uh, it will be it, you will not you will actually not see the impact of the attorney business anymore uh, because we will be paid up front uh, 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 or at least in, in a very short period of time for for the attorney business and and have it financed uh, uh, you know outside outside the uh, the balance sheet. Okay, great. Thanks for taking my questions. Thanks, Noah. And a reminder, that is star the link number one on your telephone keypad if you would like to ask a question. Your next question comes from the line of Enre Leno with National Bank. Hi, uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my questions. Uh, a couple uh, for me. I'll, I'll start actually uh, with the last one on the attorney uh, AR in the business. So I was just wondering if you can talk a little bit. The company, uh, as you as the management team, how do you view the, the the business mix that this attorney revenues bring in? I mean, you'd have to, you have to go through all these uh, uh, transactions and financing of receivables. Uh, how, how do you view it as part of your business going forward? I mean, is there any chance or, or desire to reduce its contribution to Acumen? Yeah. Good morning, Andre. Uh, thank you. So. Um, the uh, uh, like how we're going to do the is the question how we're going to do the financing no it's more of a question of uh, what part of the business mix could it be of acumen going forward i mean you, you're doing all these steps to, to finance it i mean why keep it as part of the business going forward if it's uh, giving you this uh, uh this, this extra work let's say i mean i think I, I i see the question now i i think the uh this has always been uh core to our uh, uh you know if you're if you're in the florida market and we, we are as you know with a significant density in our market uh you cannot be in the florida market without without uh, the uh, the uh, the attorney business it's it's part of the it's part of the mix of of the business especially as as you want to you want to be in every in every region and in, uh, in florida and cover the market well uh for uh for our for our uh, payers and for the benefit of our patients as well it's, it's, everybody benefits from that so that's the way the way uh, the way you need to think about it just a bit because just a bit because a business creates an inconvenience from uh, from a balance sheet perspective and from a financing perspective that doesn't mean it's bad business i mean it uh, i think i agree with you everyone looks at it as a bad business from a capital market perspective i think if you actually own it personally uh, and and uh, and you saw the cash in the business, you will never sell it to anyone. Uh, just because the financial statement doesn't look pretty, doesn't mean the business is not a good business. It's actually, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a great business for us. It's a steady business for us. The uh, uh, and our relationships and the markets are 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 uh, are very strong, um, and it's a very important service for our for our patients because uh, this is not a. Uh, uh, this is part of what uh, we uh, we uh, we offer. We don't want to be in the market where, you know, unless you have a medical uh, MRI, we don't want to see you. Um, so, but but we have to uh, uh, streamline it. From uh, we have to solve uh, the financial side of it, and the financial side of it, Andre, is easily be it could be it could be solved, uh, and and it will actually resolve these uh, uh, optics of financial statements. Um, and it will actually also improve our uh, cash flows. Um, so we we don't see it as an issue. We like the business. We want to be in it. We have a, we have a very strong management team that we're we're very strong. We're we're very actually thrilled 
to be working with uh, to continue to expand this business. But it's our job to uh, uh, finance it properly and, 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 and take it to a balance sheet that will be uh, like they, easy to digest for, for the public markets, which I guess where the frustration comes from uh, today. And we will, be, uh, we will be resolving that very shortly. Great, that's a great color. Thank you, Riyad. Uh, and one more question, on, just as, as a general on this, uh, on the attorney business. I mean, there's reports out there uh, that there is more reckless driving uh, in the U.S. and that there's higher accidents. And have you seen any increased volumes from this uh, type of business uh, at Acumen? Yeah, you see, you see actually, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and uh, I'll actually, I'll, I'll give you two anecdotes on that. When uh, when COVID happened. Um, and uh, everyone, everyone basically thought thought that uh, we're not going to see we're not going to see cars anymore, and we're not going to produce cars anymore. Um, and 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 um, and that actually even you know for some that some of you that uh, have have looked at that trend and follow that trend, it had even it had even a huge global impact um, in uh, in the supply of uh, in the semiconductors uh, uh, supply chain uh, where. Basically, all the uh, fab uh, uh, global uh, fab producers basically reduced their forecast for automotive and 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 resized their production, and it created a, a, a nightmare in terms of uh, supply shortage right now in in the world. Um, we saw some of that impact at the beginning, uh, of course, with lockdowns, people are not driving anywhere. Today, as you know. Uh, 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 auto sales are not just back; they're back in a strong way. Traffic is probably, you know, as worse, if not in some areas, worse than it used to be. Um, and we start to see the recovery in the business, just like just like you noted and you observed, uh, Andre. So that business has started to recover from from the impact of COVID as well. And and uh, at some point, we, you know, I think the consensus was maybe we'll not recover back to. Uh, pre-COVID levels, and but it did just like the rest of the business. Great, uh, thank you for that. Uh, that that's uh, good, uh, good to know and 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 to see. Uh, yeah, one more, actually, it's a it's a line item, and uh, the last one for me. Uh, I, I, can you talk a little bit about one of the addbacks to EBITDA? It's uh, it's acquisition fees, and yes, it's non-operational, but at the same time, I mean, you could arguably say it is the way that Acumen grows. I was just wondering if you can talk a little bit about your thought process of uh, adding this back, which is something that is your main avenue of growth. Yeah, we, uh, I, I, uh, I agree with with you as it's uh, as it's actually uh, um, uh, kind of almost becoming us in the ordinary course of the business because that's that's big part of our growth strategy is to actually be very acquisitive. However, we still think it makes sense, Andre, to add it back because you could have a year like 2020 where you don't buy anything. You could have a, year, a normal year where you buy 25 centers, uh, which was our past. We average 25 to 30 every year. But where we're going, we believe we're going to buy a lot more. And when you start to actually get very acquisitive and you don't buy 25 to 30 every year, then it doesn't make sense to not add it back anymore. Because if you actually do something substantial, uh, 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 not adding back doesn't make sense. If you start to buy 50 to 100 clinics every year instead of 25 to 30, add, not adding back will also not make sense. But I think if 
if you assume a steady state, 25 clinics like we did in the last year every year, then I agree with you. But that's not, that's not where we're heading. We've been, uh, we've been spending a lot of time integrating our platform to be ready for a lot more growth ahead. Great. Uh, thank you very much. That's a great color. That is it for me. Thanks. And congrats on the quarter. Thank you, Andre. Your next question comes from the line of Tanaya Gonslave with Canaccord. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my questions here. Um, so just a couple left for me. Firstly, you talked about financing the receivables uh, for the attorney business. What does that do to the margin profile of this revenue? Good morning, Tanya. Um, so the uh, 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 good question on that, because I think uh, it's, uh, I think what you really alluded to, which of course, that's the other, that's the other side of financing it. Um, so there would be two impacts. Uh, um, uh, one is the good impact, which what everybody's focused on, which is more cash up front, DSOs back to kind of normal. There's not enough, a lot of, a lot of AR is off, off the books. And when you look at it, you, you see a normal course type of uh, 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 normal by market standards in terms of uh, DSO and a balance sheet. But the second impact, which, which what you're, you're highlighting um, is, but there would be some, some obviously you're not going to sell them at, at par. There would be some, some discount mm-hmm. and, and that's going to, that's going to impact in EBITDA and it's going to have a lower margin. So uh, here's the, uh, here's the good news on that front. Um, because it's only 10% of our revenues, um, so yes, there will be an EBITDA loss, but it's not going to uh, materially impact the margins. Uh, you will lose, uh, you know, a few few points, but not nothing nothing material. You could lose one to two points of margin, depending on uh, because it's all relative scale, depending on what what your size is at the time you do it, and what what is your performer level with 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 other acquisitions. The second part of of that too is you remember the significant cash that will come out uh, up front because you're selling a a, a big chunk up, uh, to, uh, to actually recalibrate there is you're going to sell everything you have on the balance sheet and then you're going to sell everything going forward so that's the kind of financing we're doing so when you sell everything up up front uh, you're going to have significant cash that significant cash if you you redeploy it towards acquisitions it's actually it's almost like a wash. It will, it will offset the EBITDA loss. So we will, we will end up with uh, one on on the uh, uh, more cash, uh, 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 obviously substantially better DSO, a much cleaner balance sheet. Number one, a cleaner balance sheet from 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 again uh, from an AR uh, 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 market standards, and then number two, we're going to end up with. Uh, 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 we're, we're going to have a natural offset by de- redeploying the cash. So, so the EBITDA loss that you're going to have will be offset by by redeploying the cash uh, to replace it with 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 new EBITDA. And the margin profile, because again, it's not you know not like 50% of our business; it's 10% of our business. It will be uh, it will have a very modest impact on margins. So that's that's uh, and and thank you for actually, you know, saying there is another side to this to this financing. So I appreciate that we you gave us a chance to clarify the other side of it. Perfect, perfect. Appreciate that color. Um, 
in terms of timeline, I, I think you said it's in the next couple months. W will this all happen at once in a bulk sale, or will it be more gradual? It will happen. It will happen once, which is why it's it's taken time. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a structure that uh, will uh, will deal with everything on the balance sheet or substantially all of it, uh, and uh, and will deal with it going forward as well. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for that. And uh, you did answer the question earlier about capex for the new men's health centers in terms of leasehold improvements. Does that uh, half a million, two million? bucks for remodeling include the cost of equipment or uh, is, is there an additional cost for, for purchasing or leasing equipment? So, uh, so I, in terms of remodeling, it's anywhere between half a million to one million per clinic. Um, and that's, like you said, it's uh, leasehold improvement. It's kind of having the clinic up and running, ready to, uh, ready to go. Um, uh, the, the, in terms of the, the equipment, with, uh, I think uh, you're probably familiar with profound business model. So profound business model, uh, there is no capital purchase. Um, it's, uh, the, uh, it, it, you reap, it's pay as you go. And so it's like a SaaS model in, in, in the software world. They have a very similar model. So pay, it's pay per procedure. So if you do procedure, you pay for the usage of the equipment. So there is no upfront, there is no upfront cost for the, uh, for the uh, profound side and for for the uh, the MRI itself, like I said, we uh, we could uh, we not it would not be an out uh, uh, a, a purchase. Uh, we have some alternative to some uh, even we, even to the traditional leasing models. We we have some other alternatives that uh, we could uh, we could deploy because of the because of this because of the uh, uniqueness of what we're doing. Uh, there are also opportunities for us to do a different model and not have a capital purchase. Okay, excellent. Um, and then just lastly from here, there's a lot of, I guess, rhetoric in the media now about uh, minimum wages and wage increase and inflation. Could you talk to how that affects you in terms of your, your labor pool? Um, it, is it making it harder to find good people for a reasonable wage or is the pool of contractors and employees that you draw from large enough to withstand this? I, I, uh, I think, uh, again, uh, that's a great observation and I'm sure you've, we've heard it, uh, in many, in many sectors and it's impacting the, the whole economy. Um, the, uh, uh, I think, what, what again? You, you mentioned something very interesting here, is we have a larger pool, and 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 that's why uh, we we can't thank our, our employees enough for what they do for us. I mean, the, in the markets we're in, we always have we always have uh, uh, excess pool. We always have rotations. Uh, so if some someone doesn't show up, uh, you know that clinic doesn't close. Uh, you know when you're a small owner operator, that could be what you have to live with. You, you cannot afford to have a large pool every, in every market, uh, um, uh, so that's that's really a benefit of uh, of, of scale, um, and and I think on 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 the on the uh, uh, because we believe that's going to these 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 uh, uh, shortage um, is going to affect 
not just our industry, many, many, many sectors. But also remember, there is a, there is a, there is a big push towards technology everywhere. And, and as, as, as we become more efficient, um, you know, just like as much as everybody is talking about shortage, everybody is talking about how AI could change their business and how uh, uh, remote and online uh, uh, access to, to everything you do today uh, uh, is, is changing the way we do business. So, and because we actually were, were uh, visionary about those things and we're taking actually lead, a leading position to those and there is more, more to come uh, 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 as, as we did with our AI investment uh, 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 a few, uh, few months ago, um, technology will balance those forces as well. So I think the mitigating factors for Acumen is really two things. One, we're not a small company, we're a larger company, which means we have large pools of uh, uh, employees uh, and, uh, uh, to work with in every market, which, uh, which help us uh, with that uh, shortest sometimes. And, but two, we, uh, we haven't embraced uh, uh, technological changes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we're not, we're not, we didn't start to think about them now because COVID happened and because shortage started to happen. We start to, we embrace, we start to embrace technology and changes. As you, as you know, Tanya, we've been talking about these for three years uh, 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 at least. Um, and, and, and there was no shortage of employees because I remember even in some of the discussions we had, some uh, others were saying, uh, you know, why, why all these when, when you could still have people today? I mean, why is this? Because, you know, when, when you actually have, have a vision for where, where things are heading, uh, you, you get ready for it. And we got ready on the clinical side and on the administrative side to deploy technology in addition to, to the dedication and of our employees and, and, and to these large pools of employees that we have in each, in each market where we do business. And that's where the balance and the equilibrium will come from, not just in our sector and multiple, multiple other sectors over time. But again, yeah. this, is a, this is the benefit of scale again. Scale is going to be very important, unfortunately, post-COVID as well. Perfect. All right. Thank you for that, Riyadh. That's all for me. Thank you, Tanya. Your next question comes from the line of Kyle McPhee with Coremark. Ariad, just a, a follow-up on the CapEx here. So I, I think you're converting uh, 10 of these clinics to, to the men's health model. So that's 5 to 10 million of remodel CapEx. Is that in addition to your typical CapEx, uh, such that you know this year's CapEx is going to be kind of 20, 25 million? Is that right? Yes. So yeah. Good morning, Carl. Uh, you're correct, and and uh, but but also that's not going to happen uh, all at once. Uh, so we're uh, we're hoping uh, uh, to launch uh, uh, the first the first one by the end of the year. And obviously, we need to learn from uh, learn from that uh, exercise. And uh, it's it will be launched in the uh, Florida market. Florida, as you know, is is a really key market for these, which what uh, got both uh, profound and acumen excited about this partnership because it's a it's a market where we have a great footprint but it's also a great market market for uh, to address the prostate care and we we're looking uh, to to do that with uh, uh, with a very uh, different model and with also a, cons a consumer centric approach in partnership with all the urologists and all these markets so uh, so don't think about it as basically starting 
you know, next quarter we're going to put aside, uh, you know, all the capital for these uh, uh, for these uh, sites. So what we're doing for the balance of the year is perfecting this this model. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, continue our consultations with the urologists in these markets, define our uh, uh, refine further our uh, consumer direct to consumer approach, and then when 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 we do when we launched uh, the first one, uh, that's when we we could uh, uh, over 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 uh, over time continue the the balance uh, of those uh, and and obviously you know some of these uh, some of these clinics the other good news too is they could get to a break even and profitability very quickly because. Um, that's not the only thing we're going to do. We're going to continue to do uh, other related imaging and regular imaging uh, for around uh, all of men's health. Um, so uh, yes, you're right about your five to 10 million, but it's, it's not something that's going to be, that's going to hit us in one quarter. And, uh, but it's also at the same time, it's above our, our typical CapEx levels. Got it. Thanks for that. Uh, and last one from me, just on the, the Florida acquisitions you've already closed. Uh, your press release gave us some EBITDA color. Can you help us work backwards? Like, what, what's the revenue and RVU um, from from these acquisitions? And, and then second part, is there upside to that 7.6 when you integrate it and, and maybe get some synergies? Yeah. So there there is always upside to uh, uh, to that uh, to that EBITDA, um, and I think for uh, for for the revenue and RVUs, we we uh, I think we prefer that will be will be disclosed as part of the uh, um, as part of the uh, uh, EBITDA uh, as, as as part of the sorry the the, the quarter. But that, I would say you could you could assume on a blended basis uh, that you know the rev similar similar uh, similar profile. But as you know. The, the contribution margin uh, when you add is better than than when you actually look at it uh, as a whole because as a whole you have the whole infrastructure for the whole business. Um, um, so so I think you know to to actually use a, uh, a contribution margin uh, that is above our blended average is is not a, a bad place to to start for your assumptions. Um, but I think we'll provide uh, more guidance when uh, when uh, when when uh, when we have them integrated in our numbers, because obviously we uh, it's a uh, it's it's something uh, especially on the RVU and the volume is it, we have to we have to really kind of run it on our platform to uh, to to express it on apples to apples. Got it. Okay, that's it for me. Thanks. Thank you, Ka. And that does conclude our question and answer portion. I will turn the call back over to the speakers for any closing remarks. Uh, again, thank you, uh, everyone, uh, for your participation on today's call. Uh, we uh, we at Acumen are very uh, very pleased with the with the results for this quarter and very confident in in the, in the future of this platform that we built and. Uh, uh, not only there is a lot of growth ahead of us, uh, uh, we are very excited about the uh, the technological trends on both the clinical side and the delivery of the service that we're going to capitalize on and and, uh, and and benefit from. And, and as a result, our shareholders will will benefit from just like the investment in 
in in the uh, AI, just like the investment in uh, in, in uh, with profound in what we're doing as a as a new men's health clinic that that on its own uh, could could be uh, a significant contributor to revenues and and and, and EBITDA in in the in the next couple of years because it's a, it's a, it's not a procedure we're we're moving up to an MRI guided treatment and treatments are uh, are a ten and twenty uh, x of uh, of what you get paid on a, on a, on an imaging procedure. Um, so we're uh, we're we're really excited again about the ne- the network and the platform we built, and that's that's on top of uh, what we've been doing, which now will only be accelerated. Uh, if we went, if people thought going from 13 to 134 clinics was a big achievement, uh, uh, with the platform that we have today and with what's coming, we're very we're very excited with the opportunities that lie ahead. So I want to thank the support of all of our shareholders for being where we are today, and looking forward for uh, for their continued support. Thank you, and this does conclude conclude today's conference call you may now disconnect say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.